Want more Rolling With Tay podcasts? Well, follow on Instagram and Twitter at Rolling With Tay. Visit the blog rollingwithtay.wordpress.com for more content and be sure to sign up for the monthly newsletter. And lastly, subscribe to the YouTube channel Rolling With Tay. I think what's special about Major Taylor Iron Riders is that we see each other. Mm-hmm. We know where we've come from. We know what it is and we know why we're there. But it's also a, a supportive club. And you will get beat down without question. <laughs> you will take the beating. You will take the beating. Like if, if the club is known, is <laughs> some people have heard like we eat our young, and they have definitely been eaten. This is the Rolling with Tay podcast. I'm your host Tasia, aka Tay, and this is episode five. And my guest is Derricka Hendon Barnes, president of Major Taylor Iron Riders Cycling Club. A woman that wears many other hats. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being a guest. Thank you, Tasha. I'm really honored to be here. Like, really, truly honored and flattered to to be a guest on your show. I'm, I'm loving this. This is great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Taking your time out and doing this. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. Um, we were talking about the weather earlier. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. New York is serving up some New York. We've had a, an amazing stretch of having some pretty decent weather here in the northeastern seaboard. And yesterday, the weather gods reminded us that, in case you forgot, this is winter and just gave us 19 degrees yesterday. So yeah. not fantastic, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. It is winter. Yeah, we'll take yeah. that. Yep, yep, yep. I, you know... I have to do it. You know where I was yesterday? I went to the beach. <laughs> nice rub. Nice rub. Oh, uh, you know, I was at the beach and just skating. Oh uh-huh. man. <laughs> Not so low humble brag. Yeah. I just I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> cool. cool. I'll take that. I'll take that. Because I, I get it. I'm born and raised in Vegas, so I know February is still good weather to to be outside in shorts and a t shirt. So Mm-hmm. I do know that. I see. I see. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Had to do it. So, let me That's ask cool. you a question. What came first, triathlons or cycling for you? <sighs> cycling. Cycling okay. actually came first. Um, and it was actually by uh, my brother. He actually was in Vegas and he was into cycling. And he had, you know, saw that I just moved to New York and I was just like trying to learn the city and everything. And he says, you know, I think you should get a bike to learn how to ride, you know, just ride around. And I was like, in these streets, are you kidding me? (laughs) So he bought me a bike, you know, online from Vegas. I went to go pick it up and discovered the freedom of riding around in the city. And it was like, this is amazing. And I just became a cyclist. So I thought on this 40 pound hybrid mountain bike with road tires, I thought I was it. And I did my first 75 miler on that, and you couldn't tell me anything. You know, helmet did not quite fit the way that it should, the wrong clothes, like you name it. But I fell in love with cycling. Um, a friend of mine was, you know, since you're doing a lot of cycling and I know you do a lot of running, it's just you should consider doing a triathlon. And I only heard the word a couple times. I wasn't exactly sure what it was, but she invited me to a seminar. And when I walked into this huge room, I see all these black women sitting there. I was like, what in the world is happening? Am I in the right place? 
And lo and behold, it was a seminar to introduce all of us to triathlons and encourage us to get involved in the multi-sport world. And that was 2014. And I know it was 2016, I think, maybe 2016, no, 14, 2014. And I haven't looked back since. I've done every distance from sprints to uh, full Ironman. That was recently, back in November of last year was my most recent one. And I, I love the sport. And I want to get more people involved in it. So I'm pretty passionate about that. That's so dope. That I, man, like, and I think um, Lisa was telling me about it, that you are part of, What's the um the triathlon group that yes. you're part of? Yes, it is a it's a pretty unique triathlon club, unlike any others that I've learned about or read about or even trained with on occasion um, here in New York and in different parts of the country. It's an all women's triathlon team, which isn't necessarily uncommon, but I think the special thing about this one is a predominantly um, African American women's triathlon team. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, I guess someone got word of that, and we were interviewed by Triathlete Magazine as being, you know, just that was what makes us so special is that, you know, we're women, we're women of color, we're participating in, in a sport that is only comprised of like maybe one to 3% of people of color. Mm. And so to see us show up at a race, whether we are racing or supporting those who are racing, it's something to see. And we bring our the black girl flavor to it. We have the music and we have our tents and we have our our kits and, and we're ready. You know, we're, we're there to support to make sure that those athletes are going to get to the finish line. They know that we're there to support them and not let them, you know, doubt they have the ability to do it because we bring in people who may have had interest in the multi-sport world or may have heard about it, but they're not exactly sure what it all entails. And we bring them on board. We have mentor. We coach them up. We in all three disciplines and get them access. And if they don't have the, the financial um, support to get their the, the equipment that they need. We, we make sure they have that as well. And we just want to make sure if you have an interest and you want to show up, we're going to make sure you get there. So it's pretty. It's a unique club for sure. That's that's amazing. That's amazing to to be around women that look like you that you know yeah. can relate to you. Um, that's really cool. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a little something. I, you know, most of my listeners probably know I can't swim. So, uh, and Lisa was like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, you got to do triathlete, triathlon. I was like, well, I can't swim. So, <laughs> so, I, so I, have, good. I have to learn how to swim. And then I, you know, I wouldn't mind giving it a try, you know. You should. I mean, there's, you know, when I first started doing these triathlon, my first one that I did was, um, it was an all women's triathlon. It was a sprint. It was out in Long Island at Eisenhower Park. And I think the beauty of this was, one, it was, um, called Power of the Woman Triathlon. It was um, a fundraiser for women uh, who have ovarian cancer. So that mm-hmm. interests me right off the bat. Second, that it was only women that was allowed to enter into this triathlon. And it was for newbies, you know, those who wanted to try it. And you want to try the whole race, but it needs to be really tiny and a controlled environment, which was perfect. So the swim was in a pool. It was an Olympic-sized pool. And we entered in on the deck and you know, some women were brave enough to dive in. You know, I sat down and slid very slowly <laughs> in the water. <laughs> I do mean slowly because it wasn't on the diving into the pool. So you're in there with these women and, and you're trying. All of us have the same amount of nerves and anxiety about doing this, this thing. You know, we showed up and, and you want to finish it. And so it was a really controlled environment. I thought it was a perfect entry point. We made all of our newbies go through this race because it was supporting us. It was a race for us and made by us. And I think it's, it's perfect. And um, 
it's it's safe. Mm-hmm. You don't have men, all that testosterone involved in it, which takes the race to another level. And I can uh, attest to that. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'm supposed to be. That's one of my goals this year, is to learn how to swim. So, I have some time. Okay. To learn how to swim, and then you know, it'll 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 open up a world, a new world for me. I can tell you, it is. It grew to be one of my favorite parts of the race, and it's the most relaxing part of the race. Um, the training wise, at least the, the race day is a little bit chaotic, mm-hmm. but I grow when I was start, I started taking um, lessons at Riverbank because uh, New York City Parks and Rec, they offer swim lessons for about maybe 25, maybe it might be 40 bucks by now, but they're super, you know, affordable. They're in great locations um, and it's about 45 minutes to an hour, maybe one or two days a week. And you have access to the pool all the other days of the week. And it is it's it's such a great benefit for the amount amount of money that you're spending and i would spend like three or four days in that water just learning everything from those five cars my stroke Mm -hmm. how do i breathe how do you kick and they're giving out the information for free and i literally perfected how to swim at riverbank i still swim there to this day Mm. day, i still swim at riverbank it's two bucks two or three dollars in the you know per day that you want to swim so you can't beat that yeah yeah all right cool i'm gonna look into that and then there's also, um, what is it, duathlons? Duathlons. They have a couple different um, variations to get involved with the multi-sport world. There's duathlons, there's aqua bike, um, and the duathlon consists of just running and uh, biking. And I, mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, I think those are a little bit more difficult. Mm. So you start off with a run, feeling pretty, you know, frisky in the morning. You can knock out a two, three, four-mile run, and then you hop on the bike, maybe 25 miles or so and you gotta hammer down those miles to get off the bike and you gotta go directly into another run Ooh. and the key to any any multi-sport um, event is that you have to build in the transitions mm. so it's what people call a brick when you're going from um, say for example the triathlon you're gonna go from the run I'm sorry from the bike into the run and your legs and your body have been accustomed to being in a position pedaling for 112 miles and to get off and reset your body to run you're engaging different muscles and your legs are probably going to be a little bit fried and so in all actuality most triathletes know that there are actually four legs to a race swim the bike the run and the transition Mm. it's called a brick and anybody who's done a full they know that you start building in bricks into your workouts right away because your legs are heavy they're dead i I can imagine being dead, dead. dead Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so speaking of workout, what? So you recently completed an Ironman, right? H- how yes. many Ironmans have you done? Um, I've done two fulls. I've done one in Maryland, and um, the one in Arizona you just mentioned was in November. It's the last North American race, and I thought it was a great idea to choose that one. It was in November, a week before Thanksgiving. Um. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing race. Uh, Mike Riley, who's been announcing for over 30 years, this was his, he's retiring, so that was his final race. It was an honor to have him at my race, uh, announcing all the triathletes that came across the finish line. But to, um, to your question, I've done two full Ironmans. I've done two, maybe three halves, Olympic 
um, and a couple of sprints. So I think maybe 10 or 12. But not all Ironman, because Ironman is a branded race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of triathlon, I think about 10 or 12. I was oh. actually thinking about that the other day. Like, how many of these races have I done? It's been quite a few. <laughs> you get the medal, you cross the finish line, you get the medal. Like, ah, another one. What are we doing next? You know, just want to go on to the next race. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So what is an Ironman consist of? So how many miles on a bike? How many miles swimming and then how many miles running? A full uh, Ironman. The full Ironman. Okay. Um, so the full Ironman, the swim is two point, uh, two and a half miles swim. I think it's 2.4 miles to be exact. And the bike is 112 miles. And then the really fun part comes when you have to run a full marathon, which is 26.2 miles. In addition to that, you have to get to certain points of this race by cutoff in order to make the deadline before the finish line starts to pack up on you. So it's about 16, 16, 17 hours that they give everyone after the last swimmer enters the water is when the clock, I think, begins for the final cutoff point, I believe. I think it's normally around midnight. Um, when do you start? Like, how early do you start? Uh, I think they normally have the swimmers enter into the water. It varies, I believe, from... Uh, course to course, mm-hmm. but normally the first swimmer goes into the water around six in the morning, and they have you self seed yourself depending on your speed. So the really fast swimmers that can do two and a half mile swim, say they can do it in I don't know about an hour, they're going to seat themselves at the front of the line, and then it goes all the way back. I think in, in fifteen minute increments, so three hour, hour fifteen, you know, mm-hmm. hour and a half. So I think well, maybe thirty minutes. I don't know. I can't remember. I always see myself at hour 15, hour 20, because I'm like definitely mm-hmm. going to when it comes to the swim. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, and you have about 3,000 people that you're doing this race with on average. So it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just a couple folks out there for the day. You have about 2,500 to 3,000 people that you're racing with. Damn. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> um um so so you swim first then you bike then you run yes the bike um of course that's again depends on the day once you ask me which is my favorite but the bike is where i can really relax i can eat i can take Mm -hmm. them you know drink a lot of food they have um which i think is brilliant on iron man's part whoever designed the, the races they have a a midway point that you can stop and you can pack up what they call a special needs bag. And I think this is another super important part of the entire race to help you get through the day. Um, you, if you can anticipate what you may need at the midway point on your run or even your bike, you can pack what they call a special needs bag. Now that could be a pair of socks, it could be a windbreaker, mm. sunblock, it could be a sandwich. I've seen people put burgers in their, in their bags. So whatever you need or you anticipate that you will need, um, you put in a special needs bag, but you only get access to this bag one time. And once you get in that bag, the volunteers will take it away from you and toss it. Oh, so there's nothing in there that you're going to get back at the end of the day. Now, they do put them in a giant bin. And I think depending on the race director, they may put them in a location where you can go in the day after the race and do a basic dumpster dive to find your bag if you really need something out of there. But for the most part, whatever you put in that bag, you have to commit to it that you'll never get it back. 
So mm. if you put it in there and you think, I really don't need this visor, but I don't want to trash it, take it with you because you'll never see that bag again. Mm. So, but it, I mean, it comes in clutch, you know, Aleve, again, sunblock, whatever you want, just Oreos. I always put Oreos and these potato chips in my special needs <laughs> bag. <laughs> you just want something, something delicious, you know, yeah. whatever it is. So I think that's clutch. And then once you get going on that, then you're on the way for the last 56. And that's kind of a cakewalk at that point, um, depending on the course. And once you come off the bike, you have a transition area. Men and women are separated. Uh, women have their own changing tent and men have theirs as well. They have amazing volunteers at these races where they will run and get your bag out of this well-organized, well well-oiled area where your bag is labeled with your race number. And typically a uh, um, volunteer will run and grab your bag, you'll run into the, the changing area and you'll take off all your clothes and change it to your run gear and whatever you need. You want to get in and out as quick as you can and volunteers will take your bag and, and rack your stuff for you and you're off and doing your run. And again, you have another special needs bag waiting for you at the midway point, which is about 13 and a half miles. And lots of volunteers, lots of food, Lots of food, mm. lots of food. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's that's uh, kind of sums it up. And and I think the camaraderie of the people that you have seen all day mm-hmm. from the beginning of the race, you start to see familiar faces and you recognize their numbers, and you know you're cheering each other on, and and just, it's a supportive environment because you're all out there in the same, doing the same thing, trying to get the same goal. You want to get to the finish line. You hear Mike Riley call your name and say you are an Ironman. Like that's Ooh. that's a sense of accomplishment to know that you've trained so many months you've sacrificed you know hanging out with friends or family vacations um that you committed yourself to do this you know physically mentally emotionally and your time because it takes you know some people change sharing up to 15 20 hours a week depending on what they're going for what the goal is mm. so it's a it's a commitment that you it's not just a day of it's maybe six, seven, eight, nine months, sometimes 10 months of your time that is involved in training. So. How early in advance do, do you typically train for a full Ironman? Um, I start doing my base and my core for three months. And I have a trainer that I've worked with for years who has gotten me through all my races injury free. And I'm mm. grateful for him. Christopher Hasfall. He's a a member of, of Major Taylor, happened to also be the vice president of the club. He has been in the industry for many years, and I trust him um, with everything he says when it comes down to my swim stroke. Like he targets muscles that he knows that will be important for everything that I need to do in order to perform well, injury-free. So just get the core and the muscles into gear, and then after that, it's just full-on throttle of building muscles and strength training and I mean, he takes me through the ringer, but I, I've had no injuries since I started working with him. Well, that's that's very important. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. You know, some athletes overtrain and they don't take the time to do the stretching or, you know, the, 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 the what do you call it? The Thera, Thera the Normatec boots or whatever. Um, I don't even own a pair. I love those. I don't own a pair. Just because I'm like, I just... As long as I'm doing what Chris says to do and I'm saying what my coach says to do with the yoga, then everything should work. So I trust them. That's their wheelhouse. They're telling me to do this. I do it. And I've had no injuries. Tight muscles. You know, don't get it twisted. Like, I definitely have <laughs> tight muscles. Like, t- 
tight and they're sore and you know you got the wobbly legs for months but there's been no injuries that I've had so I I he knows his work I trust him and it's it's been a plus but there's definitely months in advance just to get these wheels turning over on my body for sure yeah and that must be like such a major accomplishment like that just think you know I've done a century so (laughs) just the century part like yes but then you're also swimming and running and like one day it's like oh man what (laughs) yeah yeah it you know to me it's it this is when I did the second one it was um and I'll be fully transparent like this this one I did in November in Arizona I I truly only signed up for it because we were coming out of the COVID haze you know two years of being not normal Mm-hmm. And I needed some sense of normalcy, consistency. Yes, I don't know. I know it would be a new normal. I'm fine with that. I'm embracing it. But I needed some consistency around what was happening in my life and what was happening in the world. And I knew the triathlon training is always consistent if I want to succeed. So I never want to show up on the race day unprepared. Mm-hmm. And I signed up for it. And I said, I really didn't want to do another one. I just didn't know what was happening with the world, if it was going to happen, if we cancel it. I said, I got to commit to something because I need to get some sense of consistency in my life. So I signed up for it knowing that it was going to be my last full Ironman. And I was just committed to it. I said, just do the physical work. Mentally, I'm not engaged with what I'm doing. You know, I'm like, I would go out and do like a 50, 60 mile ride and come back and think, what did you just do? Like, I don't know, but I know I did it. That's all it counts. <laughs> you know, because it was so many other distractions that were happening. I knew I could get easily distracted, but physically, I'm like, you have to show up and do the work. You have to go do the runs. You have to do the swim. You have to do the riding because you cannot fail. You know, you cannot fail, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it, it was physically, I knew I can get through the race, but mentally, I was like, I just want to have fun. I want to enjoy every moment of this race mm-hmm. on this day because I will not <laughs> be coming <laughs> again. Like, this is it. So in spite of the water being 55 degrees that morning and we're all standing outside freezing our butts off, entering into this cold body of water, I'm like, this is insane. But I'm like, this is the last time I'll be here. So I stopped in the middle of the swim. I watched the sun come up. I mm. took in the downtown area, the mountains, the blue skies. This was in Arizona. I took it all in. I kept swimming. The water was freezing. It was freezing. It was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> But I just, I was looking around, like looking at the people around me and looking where I was and what we were doing. I came out of the water and I saw my husband standing there looking with this expression on his face like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm freezing, but I'm fine. You know, I got on the bike. I'm like, this is where I can relax. I can eat. I can sing my mental playlist in my head that I've been listening to for six months. You know, I know every tune, you know, by heart. And taking the mountains, the scenery, the skies, and the roads, and just be there in the moment. It, it changed the race for me so much that I, I enjoyed it more than probably what I should have. Because mm. um, I took my time, chilled at the rest stops, you know, ate everything in my special needs bag. I, I, you know, I did the most. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 I added like two extra hours onto my race time for my first. Wasn't crazy about that, but I have no regrets. Yeah. You know, I crossed the finish line. I don't know if you saw my finish line video, but I mean, I was jumping and fist bumping and hit Mike Riley's hand, gave him a high five. It was it was a, the most epic feeling that I, I've had on any race ever, ever. 
Wow. Yeah. That's that and as you explaining it, I'm visualizing it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was really cool on the run. It was it was a feeling when you know when I got to the run, I came out and my husband was like, How are you feeling? I was like, I got this marathon in the bag. I'm not worried about it. But I was I've been hanging out all day. Like I gotta really pick up the pace. I got some time to make up here. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the watch and I said, All right, the sun's about to go down. You should have been halfway through this run by now. You gotta start moving. And I took off and I said, just hammer down for the first 17 miles. Just get through it as quick as you can to make up some time. And so I'm going and going and riding and I'm you know, running or whatever. And I get to this rest stop and this, this uh, volunteer says, hey, I said, how you feeling? I said, I'm great. He said, you sure? And I was like, what? What? What, what, do, you, what do you mean? He's like, I just want to let you know that once you cross this finish, you know, once you cross over this tiny mat, that you can casually walk the rest of this race, sir. <laughs> sir, and I, I wasn't looking at my watch. I wasn't, you know, checking the time. I said, you just got to get, get move. Like, don't stop. Keep running, keep running, keep running. Don't stop. You train. You got it in the bag. Physically, you can get through it, but you got to move, girl. Don't, you know, don't let the, the finish line close on you before you get there. The, the lights have to be on when you get to the finish line. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. What did you just say? He says, you can, you know, casually walk the rest of his race, you know, from this point going forward. And I said, well, how many miles do I have left? He says, you got about four miles. Tasia, I'm not kidding. I became that racer that you see people on the, on the, during the race day saying, you're doing a good job. Congratulations. <laughs> you're looking good. You're looking good. You're, stay strong. Stay strong. You're doing a good job. You, you're going to be an Ironman. In another hour, you're going to be an Ironman. I became that person. And just, I, I literally just walked the rest of the way. I would jog a little bit. Stop! I, you know, saw a couple of nice restaurants on the ride. I said, "This is this is amazing! Like this is this is what's supposed to happen on the race." Mm-hmm. So that was the end of it. I, I later learned that my friends were looking at tracking me on the Ironman app. They were, they thought something was wrong. I came to a complete stop. I said, "No, I was stopping talking to the volunteers. Like they were nice." They were nice <laughs> yeah, like, what? I was like, I had all the time in the world. Are you kidding me? Get out of here! I was, yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. It really was. Nice. You take you're taking it in. I took it all in and it will, it will stick in my mind forever because there's very few points about the race that I don't, I can't look back on and say, I didn't see that or I didn't remember hearing that. Mm-hmm. I took in everything the entire day, the whole, every moment, you know, from the highway patrolmen cheering us on, the EMTs, the crashes, you know, all the nutrition that had fallen on the road, the cracks in the road, the sun on my back, the coolness, the elevation on the road, like every point of that race I remember. It was great. It was a good race. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about those memories. You know, like, why are we doing all this? I mean, of course, we want to complete it and finish it. But to look back on the memories. Yeah. I I had a good time. Yeah. And it's the feeling that you walk away with. Like, not only did I train up for this and I did it well, when I came to the finish line, my goal is always to train enough for a race to cross the finish line and not be destroyed. You know, I want to come to the finish line feeling physically solid. I don't want to be run down. I don't never want to crawl. Mm-hmm. I want to run to that finish line strong. And so, if you again, if you've seen the video, if you come across the finish line, I am literally jumping through like just people like, I will never forget your finish line. It was epic. I even made the official Ironman video um, that they do. Like they do a, a beautiful wrap up video. And they actually, I closed out their video. Oh, 
Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I was really, was really flattered to see that. And I was like, that look at that. This is my shenanigans got me in the books. Like I'm famous. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, all right, no more Ironmans, but are you still going to do triathlons? Yes, of course. You know, they say never say never. Um, As soon as I say I'm done with full Ironmans, I'm not doing them anymore, which I'm not, because I really enjoy my free time now. Um, Ironman announced they're doing an, uh, half Ironman right here in New York, mm. a place where we train all the time out in Jones Beach. So I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. Like, they, they're really testing me here, but I, I, you know, I'm definitely going to do it. I don't know if it'll be a relay, part of a relay team or I'm going to do the entire thing, but it's right there in our backyard. It's on our training ground. So a lot of my friends and teammates are going to sign up for it. All right. When is it? September. I think it's September 23rd, I believe, but... <sighs> It's going to be an epic race. Epic. Yeah. Um, epic. I, if I'm here. I'm supposed to go to Berlin for a skate marathon. Okay. So if I'm here, I'm definitely going. Come. To support. Come see. Come support. see what you can do. Come see what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Come see. That'd be great. Yeah, I would definitely like to come out and support and, you know, see what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. So going back a little bit, let's go back to cycling. Okay. So you are the president of Major Taylor Iron Riders. When we spoke a little bit about, you know, you get into cycling, but then what what happened to like... How did you get introduced to the club? <laughs> and then you say, what well, you one day I want to be the president. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wish it actually happened like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was riding my bike and, you know, you are finding something that you're passionate about. You want to ride with others that are equally as passionate as you about it. And I was riding with a club that wasn't really vibing with me. I wasn't vibing with them. Like, I don't see people that look like me like mm-hmm. they're not even they don't get me like they don't even see that I'm here they're not even I can barely get in a good morning so mm-hmm. I was out on a ride one day I met a, a gentleman he saw of them you know neural shell or something like that he used to come pedal on the sawmill river on Sundays and so I have no idea where that is did the train go there so we ended up going up there taking the train and riding this course you know around this area in the Bronx and it was so amazing I saw people that looked like me and I was like where are these people from you know of course I'm trying to catch up with them as fast as I can. I cannot because I didn't even have clips at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we finally just, at some turning point, we stopped and I see all these guys, these kits on. I'm sorry, I called them outfits at the time. <laughs> these guys, these outfits on and I major Taylor Iron Rider. So all of them have it on. I said, I wonder what these guys are going, hey, who do you guys ride with? It? Major Taylor. And I was like, they're not really friendly. So my friend tells me about them. And he's oh, that's Major Taylor. You know, they, they're really hard riders. They ride really fast and so forth. And I got home that day, did a quick Google search and found them and sent the guy an email and said, hi, it's me. Just want to know where you guys, you know, where you guys ride. I just want to know if I can come out and join you guys. And the guy responded back. He's still a club member. He's one of my dearest friends, in fact. He said, we're going to be going to Maryland this weekend. You should meet us down there. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Maryland? What are they doing? I had nothing going on a weekend. I called up a friend of mine and just started riding and 
I said, hey, they said they're going to go down to this mural. There's, there's something that's called Salisbury Century. He's uh, all right, fine, we can go. I don't have anything on this weekend because I want to hear, I want to learn more about it myself. So we called the guy up and said, we'll meet you down. Then he's like, fine, meet us at the tunnel, seven o'clock. That's where we're all going to leave. And I was like, what is he talking about? We knew nothing. <laughs> we literally got in the car that Friday and drove to Salisbury, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. And we show up, you know, the day of the ride at this at this location where everyone meets, and I later learned is like the meetup spot. And we see hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of black tigers. Mm-hmm. We lost our minds. We lost all that. Where did these people come from? You couldn't, we were floored. But I'm like, I think I found my tribe. I found my tribe. I just have to figure out who they are and where they live. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, we just started riding a few months prior and we didn't know the routine and how the ride works. And we see all these cycles start clipping in and click, 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 click. Gears start changing. Boom. They were gone. Like they took off like rockets. And we're still trying to like get our acts together. But, you know, needless to say, we went to dinner with everyone and they welcomed us into the club. It was so welcoming and they it just felt like home for both of us. And we get back home, we started riding with them. And I did a full season. I literally white knuckled every ride with them out of fear mm. that I was going to get lost and they were going to leave me on the road alone. And, you know, just every, every feeling that, that newbies feel when they come into the Iron Riders is, is pretty intimidating. But I kept showing up. They kept saying, coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you must like the beatings. You must like, you know, the torture. I mean, they, they, get, they definitely read me. I, I definitely got hazed for sure. Um, I, I definitely got hazed for sure, but I kept coming back because I was like, it wasn't this bad last week. It, it maybe won't be so bad next week. And they taught me how to change my gears, how to climb the hills, how to get out of the saddle, how to adjust my bike, how to wear the proper fitting helmet. Cause the one that I was wearing was not the right size. <laughs> uh, it was just, they were there. They saw me and they saw what I needed and they ushered me along the way. Um, so how I became the president is the found one of the founding members, Mel Corbett, calls me up and he says, Listen, you know, I see that you have, you know, look like you can you're a good leader. And I was like, Okay, I don't know how you see that, but okay. And <laughs> he says, Yeah, I think you make a great leader of the club. I said, These people don't even know my name. Fifty percent of them don't even know I'm on the ride. Like I'm so far in the back, like they never look over their shoulders. Only somebody who's feeling sorry for me, it give me a push along the way. Like, they don't even know my, they don't even know I'm here when I show up. Are you kidding me? And he starts laughing. He says, no, he says, you know, we're going to have you know, do elections or whatever. So we talked about it and, you know, made me the president. And I said, well, I can't do this unless I don't have, you know, a, a good people, good couple of folks around me that's going to help me do this. And so I, we got to call up a couple other people that was in the club and, and I already had the treasurer in place. And before I knew it, the board was formed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have an amazing, an amazing, amazing synergy between us and how we move together. And we all, you know, share the same vision about the club needs to grow and how we want to move about it. And it, it's been it's been one hell of a ride. I'll tell you, that's for damn sure. But it's uh, yeah, one hell of a ride. But it's one that I wouldn't change mm-hmm. the relationships and the friendships that I have fostered in this club will be with me for the rest of my life. It's some that I am eternally grateful for. Um, yeah, I actually met my husband in the club. How about that? I, you know what? I was going. I was wondering. <laughs> did yeah, you meet? Yeah. Wow. I did, and you know what's funny about that is that um, he is one of the people that never even knew that I existed. Like, 
I would show up on the ride and he'd be in the front, like in the front. <laughs> and I would be in, I would hold the back. I had the back down path all the time. And I was just like, this guy didn't even like this. And I was like, well, he didn't talk to anybody. So whatever. But uh, it, it was just one of those days I came out anticipating there was going to be a big crowd of people. No one was there except him and another member. And I was like, they're going to kill me. They're going to take me out of the road and they're going to leave me out here to die. <laughs> and it, it didn't work out that way. It just turned up being a better, a better um, ride than I anticipated. So it was good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering if you met prior to cycling, but no. you met in the club. Wow. Met in the club, on the bike, um, white knuckles, for sure. <laughs> and it was uh, it was funny. It was, now I look back on it, it was pretty funny because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if they were going to get me back home safely. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were joking, saying, ha, ah, we got you. Now we can take you out here to kill you. And I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> But it's, uh, it was, it was, it's been a, like I said, it's been a hell of a ride. I didn't expect half the things that have happened to happen. Um, I've learned a lot about myself, my leadership. I've learned a lot about um, what people see in the club and how they ended up here. Mm -hmm. You know, cycling is a way for us to you know, escape our everyday lives or ride off the stress, stay healthy, stay fit, stay sane. Um, but I think the beauty of cycling, the community itself, is that it's all one shared love of cycling. But I think what's special about Major Taylor Iron Riders is that we see each other. Mm -hmm. We know where we've come from. We know what it is and we know why we're there. But it's also a, a supportive club. And you will get beat down without question. <laughs> you will take the beating. You will take the beating. Like if, if the club is known, is <laughs> some people have heard like we eat our young, and they have definitely been eaten. Mm -hmm. I was one of them. But once you, if you want to learn to be a better rider, you're gonna have all the help and supports you need. But you gotta be willing to put in the work. And I think people who are built like that and have that that thing inside of them, that characteristic inside of them, when they see it, they know it. And they're like, I want to get better. I, I want to do this. Like, I can do this. And that's to keep people coming out week after week, year after year. They're joining the club. I heard about this club. You know, I'm like, I'll ask them periodically, like, how did you, how did you find us? And, you know, the most common response is that I was riding with this other club, but, you know, it just really wasn't my thing. It just it, I just didn't feel the, the, the vibe with them. I'm like, well, how do you feel about this one? You're going to take a beating, but how do you feel about it? This is it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen those newbies come in as riding on our B rides and then join the club that have gone to join the race team. And now they're competing on race teams and they're getting a podium. You know, some have traveled abroad to do international rides where they do training in Spain and they're doing rides in France and they're going to Nairobi and they're going to all these different places where they've come in as a B rider and they've gone on to excel to be one of some of the most exceptional and skilled cyclists imaginable. Mm -hmm. it's, pretty cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I remember when I first rode with you guys, um, I definitely was uh, sore that next day. <laughs> 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 I, I just remember the one ride we did 
Um, and I, at one point, I was going like 20-something miles per hour. Everyone else was going like 30. I was just like, what is this? What what ride am I on? <laughs> what ride am I on? Like I was five. Oh my gosh. It was something. Like it was, it was like it was it was a challenging ride, but yeah. at the end I felt like, damn, like I felt accomplished after that. Yeah. I was, I was, I was hurt, but I was like, damn, like. Okay, this is what ride with y'all. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, it, I was like, that, that is the thing to get people to come back because mostly with the women, like women are just like, oh my god. Even when I came in, it's like, you know, you go out those iron riders. I don't know if you're gonna come back. Like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I was like, well, you know, as long as I got my, I would take, I would take a phone. Like I have this little compass. I'm like, as long as this compass is, you know, head south. Like, <laughs> Didn't know. I was like, somebody said, as long as you get to nine W, like you always get back. Like, stay on yeah. Whatever that is, just I need you to find it. And but like you said, like the first time you go out and they're pushing you along, like come on, push the pedals, like turn the wheels over, like you could do it, change the gears, and they're giving you that that guidance mm-hmm. on the spot, right? On the spot. Yes, your heart rate is probably two hundred twenty five thousand beats a minute, but somebody's riding beside you to say, change the gears, eat, drink. Stand up, get out of the saddle, drop your gears, get behind him. You're getting all these things that you need in that moment. And when you get back to the, the Strictly's, you're thinking, holy shit, I did it. Mm-hmm. I want some more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's to get people to come back because they're like, well, this person looked out for me and this time. I'm like, listen, if you show up, you're going to get what you need, but you got to show up. But the mm-hmm. rush of people coming back from their first hard rides with us. It'll never get old. Like the look on their faces will never get old. <laughs> it will never get old. Oh, it's the best. It 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 is. It's like I was I I'm so happy to see Strictly. It's like yes, and just sit there, and I I'm literally just thinking like I can't believe I did that. Like I can't believe that. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm alive. You know? But you, you feel like I, I did it. Like I yeah. pushed beyond my boundaries. I pushed beyond my comfort zone. And you were in a safe space to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. That counts for so much when people are riding with us. And, and you know, I see when those newbies come out, it's like either you're going to learn it or you're going to end up dying a very slow death. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's those big rides I can pinpoint them and say, he's not going to make it this one's not going to make it that one's not going to make it but when people want to show up and they want to learn how to ride you're going to learn how to ride you're going to yeah. push your limits but you're going to learn you're going to be a better rider yeah yeah you guys are definitely helpful yeah it's, it's so much knowledge like this the club is well over it's probably 25 maybe 30 years old now it started mm-hmm. because it wasn't a space for us you know the I don't know if you know the history, but it was a couple of sisters named, I think, Lucille and Mildred called mm-hmm. the L&M. They had a club and they started the club um, in, I think it was in the Bronx. Mel would know best. And they started the club and Mel discovered them and he was riding with them. But he would get a little spicy on the rides. And before you knew it, Major Taylor Iron Riders was was created on a, on a Prospect Park on the bench. And you see a lot of the fellows to this day, they still sit on those benches. doing a lot of trash talking. Mm-hmm. But uh, the bench is very popular, and you have the red caps that are hugely instrumental 
in the uh, black cycling community out of break based out of Brooklyn and they are still active and riding as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just that style that we created. It was just show up, keep up, best of luck if you can. Yep. <laughs> I will never get rid of that edge from the club. I will protect that that space for those those men and women that want to ride at that pace because that's what we're known for is long, hard rides. Mm-hmm. And I will always make sure that they have the freedom and the, and the time on the calendar, the rides on the calendar to do that and be that and have those rides. That's where you always see like A rides, A plus rides. That's their, that's their day to show up and just, just let it loose. You know, but I also have to make the space for the people that want to become that mm-hmm. by always having the B rides. And that's really important. To have that in the pandemic definitely gave me the space to have those rides consistently and and, re, and have a a place for the, that community to go. Those those type of riders will be riders to go, and uh, it's been a success. Definitely got a lot of new people here. Got mm-hmm. some new folks that have I never would have thought they would risen to this this level that they are now. But damn, it's like wow. Yeah, I didn't think you were gonna make it this first ride, and <laughs> here you are. <laughs> But that 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 purview of seeing people come to the club for whatever the reason may be, um, and then watching them get folded into the club and who they navigate to and who they gravitate towards, and then of course you always see what they're really made of when they're under pressure on the bike. Mm-hmm. Either you're gonna rise to the top or you're gonna fold. Either you're gonna rise, you know, as much as you can. You're gonna cave or you'll crack, but you're not gonna give up. You know, so I, everybody's going through it. You know, I still go through with these guys. I'm riding with them. It's just like, oh my God, I'm not going to make them going to die. But they don't let me give up. Mm-hmm. Come on, Darius. Push, come on. You're more fit than anybody out here. You know, and they're pushing, 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 pushing. And that's how you get better. But it, it's, it's amazing. Just that my community, my club, my cycling friends, my lifelong, now lifelong friends is something that I will keep. You know, mm-hmm. they helped develop me in so many different ways and came in and, and, you know, came into my life. When was I at the point where I needed to be around my people, my supportive folks? I need to find my tribe. And they, they were there when I needed them. And I want to make sure that place and that space is there for people who are, who need it for whatever reason that may be. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for that. And um, also thank you to you and Lisa for the collaborative effort with, you know, black girls do bike and yes. make it Taylor and, you know, trying to get um, more black women into like the major Taylor and into that more of a um, competitive style cycling and, and fast cycling. And yes, I, I, you know, I think that's really dope that y'all do. It that. is. It is. I've never, um, I'm, I'm glad that Lisa had reached out and she was uh, persistent about trying to have those those rides, those collaborative, collaborative rides with us. And, and again, the pandemic offered the perfect opportunity and the space to do it. And I was, I told her, I said, I'm really concerned about these ladies. I'm really concerned about the women <laughs> coming out here <laughs> with my members. I'm like, I have <laughs> talked to them for weeks about staying on their best behavior. Don't drag them down 9W. You be nice. You go slow. And it would turn out to be like the most pleasant and most rewarding mm-hmm. um collaborative ride that we have every year and the more you know guys want to let me know if you're doing the ride with the girls you know we want to come out and support because they have so much knowledge to share yes. and they want to usher in more riders they see the value in what i'm doing 
and they want to be a part of it. So they're always going to show up now. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. Um, yeah, I think you came out for the one last year where Daryl Tucker, um, he's the president over the development team, the racing that we have. Um, I think he took out about 10 or 12 ladies who wanted to have, he's a racer, so he wants to take out some of the ladies who want to turn it up a little bit, a little bit of a notch. And I was like, you got it, Daryl. So he took them all. I think you were in that, in that group with him. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys were gone. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, that ride, I remember like towards the end, I was, I was getting, I was feeling it. I was like, nah, I just got to finish. Really? I, just, I hopped out, <laughs> I hopped out of the line, it was just, and then I was in the front, and then I was like, all right, now I'm getting tired. They were like, all right, come on, Tasia, bring us home. I was like, oh, damn, I wanted to go back, <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn what did i get myself into so i just, just brought us home i was brought us home made it <laughs> you were outside of your comfort zone but you rose to the occasion like you didn't know that it you probably would have done that by yourself yeah no, but I when you have. got people that are around you and they're like if they're doing it, I got to do it. You know, Daryl's here. Like, he, you know, he's, I got to do it. I got to step it up. And you push beyond that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you get back, and he was like, damn, I did that. I did that shit. I did that. Yeah. I, I definitely was patting myself on the back like, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Because <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have done it by myself. I would just slowly, slowly just like, all right, well, now I'm getting – but with that support and that, like, you could do it, you could do it. The ladies were like, you could do it. Let's go, Tasia, let's go. I was like, oh, God, dang. Yeah. I got to do it now. <laughs> I got to do it. I got to do it. down, you know? I get it. I get it. But that's what that that's what the club does. They, you know, they're going to gas you up. <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. What are you doing back here? You're going to get a joke. You're going to get a rub. You're going to get a poke. You're going to get a yeah. joke. You will be the joke. <laughs> but you're going to become a bit fire. You will be the joke. I've been the joke. Like, I, listen. President or not, I still get it to this day. Mm-hmm. Like there is no person that they won't take a good rubbing or whatever. But you're gonna get you're gonna get that support if you call for help. Somebody's gonna answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I love you that. D- you're definitely that. right. Um, <clears throat> before we wrap up, uh, I want to ask yes. you: Is there any advice for future future cyclists or triathletes? Anything that you would give them? Someone that's on the mm. fence about like, mm, should I do this? You know, I would say for the advice for someone who's on the fence about cycling, oh, that's a good question. Just do it. Don't drag your feet. Like, find your tribe, find a friend, make it fun. Mm-hmm. Like, make cycling fun because sometimes people can like the see it's yeah whatever. Make it fun. Like, if you want to get out and have that feeling that you did when you was a kid, if you rode a bike when you were a kid, because not everybody did. Yeah. Like that fun and that joy and that excitement is still there. The freedom is still there. So go relive that as an adult. For triathletes or let's say uh, potential triathletes, if you're looking for discipline or you want to become a disciplined person or have discipline around your life type of structure, I think a triathlon is perfect for that. Mm. Like you want to you want to set a goal that's beyond your norm that is beyond your comfort zone that's going to push you to go 
to a place that is uncomfortable or unfamiliar, then a triathlon is it. And that journey, you will have a phenomenal body. Um, but it's just discipline like you know you can't have certain foods well you can people say you can eat whatever you want yeah you can because you're burning like 5,000 calories in in one weekend or whatever (laughs) but you want to put the the best calories in your body so that you feel good the next day yeah so you're gonna like dial back on that you know six slices of pizza and you're gonna have I don't know say a salmon or fish or burger or whatever it is is going to get you there that you know you're going to have to put put the right foods in your body so you can have uh, the, a good performance mm-hmm. so that brings discipline on what you're eating like you need to go to bed at a certain time you need to be diligent about how you're managing your time your day your bandwidth you're going to start dropping things out of your life that are no longer important don't matter because your focus is that you want to come across the finish line successfully so it helps with the goal setting time management you know, put structure around things that you are doing other in your life that you don't have time for. Like it puts everything in perspective when you have that goal, like anything else. Mm-hmm. It does it for me. And plus, let me let's be honest. Like, who doesn't want to look hot in the summertime? Like, right? The, <laughs> the plus. And you meet so many people that are doing the same thing. They share the same passion that it makes your training that much more enjoyable because you're doing these long rides with someone. You're doing these long swims, these long runs, and these brick trainings. You're around those people that have that same energy. And so you feel celebrated and you feel understood as opposed to people who's like, why in the hell are you out there for six hours on a bike? Exactly. You know, they don't get it. But when you're around those people that do, you feel supported. Like, they get me. And then you want to do better because people around you are doing better. Mm-hmm. So it just falls over to other facets of your life. And who knows? You might need a husband out of there. Right? You know? You know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> never know. <laughs> never know. I've seen a lot of hookups, a lot of love things happening out here. I mean, I, listen, it's it's a real thing. It is. And they're fit when you meet them. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> So you already got that built-in component of like, how, how <laughs> are you? I see you're fit because you're riding exactly. your bike. Exactly. <laughs> saying, ladies. <I'm> saying. <laughs> saying. Any parting yeah. words before we wrap up? Yes, people. Find your passion. If you don't have one, try new things until you find your passion. That's it. That's important because you only got one time on this earth and wasting it on bullshit, things that don't bring you joy, things that don't bring you happiness, everything. Find something that's going to bring you joy and keep your life light. That's right. That is right. That's real, real. That's well, that, what it is. That is it for real. I I agree a hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. Yes. Because if it's not spinning your wheels on being bad or, or in a dark place. And like, you know, I only only got one time on this earth. I want to make all this count, like all of it. So I'm going out full throttle. That's right. That is yeah. right. That that is that's that is great. That's great advice. Great parting words. That yes, I love that. Um, 
I just want to say thank you again for being a guest on my podcast. My pleasure. Really appreciate it. This is the Rolling with Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay, and thanks for listening. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor.